Welcome to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a business mindset coach, entrepreneur, and a top competitor in a male-dominated industry. I'm a native Texan, the youngest of all brothers, and a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor recovering perfectionist. I've spent over a decade building my commission-based career, and my life's purpose is helping other women achieve the same multi-six-figure success I achieved before I was 25. I have a passion for helping women with mindset, money, and manifestation skills to help every young woman realize her full potential. If you're looking for vulnerable conversations, professional development, inspiration, or even a kick in the ass to get you motivated, you have come to the right place. Thanks for checking out the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Now let's jump right in to today's topic. Hello, hello, my fabulous souls. Hope you are having a fantastic week. Today, we are continuing our conversation from last week, talking about the fight or flight response, the parasympathetic, the sympathetic system, and how all of this is interconnected. And before I jump into today's episode, I do have to make a correction from last week that I only caught literally today. And I was listening to another podcast by a psychologist and just really getting another perspective on this fight or flight system. And that is when I realized that the entire last episode, which I didn't, you know, I'm not going to re-record it because it's dumb, but I kept saying the automatic nervous system and not the autonomic nervous system. Slight difference, but it is something that it brought all kinds of flashbacks back for me of psychology because I remember writing a whole paper about the automatic nervous system and not the autonomic nervous system. It was a habit then. Apparently, it's a habit now. Wanted to correct that in the event that you are really into psychology and you're like, "Mm, I don't think that's right. You are correct. I was not right. So that's a quick little edit to last week's episode. So again, today we are continuing the conversation about stepping out of that sympathetic mode and into the parasympathetic mode. And when I decided to do today's episode, I initially, I really wanted to talk generally about just reducing negative reactions throughout the day, reducing overall reactivity as a huge parasympathetic activation trick. But Then I just got really into writing about the major symptom of this uncontrolled reactivity, and that's the impact of stress on your body and your ability to manifest. And I have a whole nother podcast episode on stress and overwhelm, so that is another episode you can tune into to learn more specifically about stress as a whole, and I think it's episode number 16. But today we're going to talk about stress as it relates to that parasympathetic system and your reactions. Your physical body is a part of manifestation, tricks to activate your parasympathetic system, and all of the little shit that goes on throughout your day and how you're choosing to react to it. And I'll say that last part again, how you are choosing to react to the shit that happens. We're all about ownership here. You manifest who and what you are, your identity. Well, guess what? The little things you do and experience through your own eyes, through, you know, the way you perceive these experiences throughout the day is a part of that. Either a solution or a problem, it totally just depends on you and and, and what it is that you're doing. And your reaction to these things and how that affects your body is a part of that. It's a part of the whole system. 
And I once took a course from Eckhart Tolle, and I don't know if it's Tolle or Tolle, whatever. Great guy. (laughs) Sorry, bro, if you're listening in and I got your name wrong. And he talked about becoming non-reactive and how beneficial this is to stepping into the role of someone who masters manifestation. And I let this idea marinate for a long time, and it really didn't click for me for a while. And recently, it did, really when I started diving into this topic. So before jumping into my tips for engaging the parasympathetic system, which I know you're dying to hear about if you're tuning in from last week, and and instead of reducing this reactivity component, which again, we're also going to talk about, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my experience with living in the constant sympathetic dominance. And if you've been tuning into this podcast, you've probably heard me mention a few times that I have been on a healing journey for years. I've been trying to heal my body. And for a while, I was trying absolutely everything, every supplement, therapist, exercise, diet, meditation, you name it, I was trying it. Just trying to reteach my body how to be and stay healthy. But I didn't start seeing anything change until I found out about the parasympathetic system and how that's impacting the body. And all of my symptoms, yet I found out they were all connected and I I just had no idea what my body was telling me. I found out that the constant inflammation in my body wasn't due to dairy, gluten, exercise, or even my sleep schedule per se or individually. I was inflamed and in pain because I was constantly stressed. And yes, those things can also play a part because if you're already inflamed because of stress, sure, you're probably going to be more reactive to dairy, gluten, and and not having as much sleep and all of that just because your body's already stressed out. It's already inflamed. So you enter these other things that might be more challenging for your body to process, and it reacts negatively. It's kind of a no-brainer, right? It's like if you already have a rash and you go and dump something on it that's really acidic, probably not going to be the best thing for it. Not to say that you can't normally have those things, it just might be amplified in this moment. And here's the thing. When I started going down this process, I had no idea that I was constantly stressed. Like if you'd asked me, I would have been like, oh no, I feel fine. I feel great. Normal. I wasn't feeling stressed in the way I did when I had a a critical deadline coming up or someone yelling at me or a near car accident or something. But I was still under stress. It was just a different kind of stress, a more subtle accumulation, if you will, of all the things that were going on. Or some people call this like the perceived stresses that are just going on in your day to day, like social media, texts, emails, trash day, traffic, all those little things. And most people also get stressed out by these little things throughout the day. And again, it's not stress in the way you're probably thinking of it. It's just like that perceived and accumulation of stress. But a lot of people are also able to return to that relaxed state afterward or that parasympathetic system, and that allows them to reset and rebalance their bodies, their hormones, their digestion, everything. But my body wasn't getting to that reset point. It wasn't reentering the parasympathetic system. It was just staying in sympathetic overdrive. And for a lot of high-achieving women, their bodies can't get back into parasympathetic either. So I found myself spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on a cognitive behavioral therapist, nutritionist, career coach, physical therapist, acupuncturist, chiropractors, dermatologists, masseuse, you name it, I was trying it. Even an herbalist at one point. I was seeing all of these professionals trying to heal different things going on in my body, searching for answers that I could not seem to get, and I didn't realize that all of those symptoms that I was experiencing were interconnected. I was inflamed and it was causing chronic lower back pain, 
adult acne, dermatillomania, severe weight fluctuation, anxiety, terrible periods. And I'm so thankful that I had the ability to see all of those professionals because after about three years of searching for all the answers for all of those things separately and individually and treating them as totally separate issues within my body, I finally found out that they were all caused by the same thing. Those were all symptoms of stress, cortisol. And if you're listening in long enough, you probably know that I'm a type A recovering perfectionist who organizes for fun, decompresses by cleaning. And if you are into astrology, Virgo, Sun, and Capricorn, Moon, like I am built for to-do lists and falling into the trap of busyness and go, go, go and do, do, do. And I had a habit of doing too much all the time, operating under this constant stress. And what happens when you are sympathetic dominant is that you can actually crave that stress. You almost become addicted to that level of cortisol. And it's actually a huge reason why so many people crave Adderall later in life. It's because Adderall actually puts your body in a very similar state to being in a constant state of stress. You're hyper-focused, you're aware, you're constantly looking for threats, which can really help you when you're trying to focus on something and get a task done. So by that narrative, you can actually become addicted to that hyper-productive state. And when you're a high-achieving woman, like I'm sure most of you are, it's easy to find yourself always trying to do the next thing, always trying to cram your schedule with more. What else can I be doing? What volunteer work can I add to my plate? Yes, I will do this for you. Yes, I will do that for you. And not saying no enough to things. You can become addicted to stress and not even realize it. You just say things like, oh, I just love to be busy. I always have to have something going on. It makes me feel good to be busy. But how much of your self-worth is deriving from this busyness or this, this display of success? So I was constantly stressed, not because I was always under pressure from other people or fearing for my life in any way, in the way that we're designed in order to be stressed. I was just doing too much overextending myself, and then sort of bragging about everything on my plate. So I'm curious if this sounds familiar to you also. I found myself using this crammed schedule as that source of self-worth for me, not realizing that my body was screaming at me to slow down and chill, sit, feel into the body, to stop self-medicating with food and wine. And it was screaming at me by creating this chronic lower back pain that kept me from doing a lot of physical things I wanted to do for three years. With this adult acne that's plagued me, with my anxiety, with the anxiety tics that I had. And thank God I finally had a practitioner that told me that, hey, just so you know, your cortisol levels are through the roof. They're constantly high. And that my body was just not exiting that mode either. I was stuck there. I wasn't allowing myself to enter this rest and digest phase. And as I look into this more, I'm realizing more and more people are experiencing this same, really, it's, I mean, I hate to say the word epidemics. I feel like it's really used right now, but that's really what so many people are in in this day and age because we're constantly accessible. We're constantly reachable. And that in and of itself also creates stress, knowing that at any time someone can bring a fire to you. Hey, this is going on. Did you know? All with the click of a button, your cell phone, right? And the fight or flight response that is engaged is the body's signal 
to engage that sympathetic system and keep you alert and energized. So I could come out of that state and get into a relaxed state temporarily using something like, you know, acupuncture, massage, yoga, Reiki, but I'd find myself right back into that fight or flight mode almost instantly within minutes of finishing whatever it was that I was trying to do to help myself relax. And I struggled to get back to that state on my own. So thankfully, when that practitioner told me like, hey, this is what's going on, all of the pieces started falling into place as I, as I did my research. And it's funny because I talk about synchronicities all the time, and this was very much the, the situation for me. The universe was trying to tell me that this was the case in a million different ways for years, and I just wasn't listening. So my therapist might have said something like, hey, you have high-functioning anxiety. You need to feel into your body more and get out of your head to help separate from that anxiety. My nutritionist would say something like, your hormones are going nuts for some reason. Your adrenals are off the charts. My chiropractor had no physical explanation for my back pain other than inflammation. Couldn't find a cause. My dermatologist had no clue why my diet changes, the supplements, the new skincare routine, the exercise, the removal of dairy and gluten, why those things weren't working to tame my acne. And even a masseuse once asked me why I was so stressed sitting on his table because he could feel my muscles so tensed. And it was funny because I felt completely relaxed. I was like, what do you mean? I feel so relaxed right now. I feel great. <laughs> he just kind of raised an eyebrow at me like, are you, are you sure? I just had no idea that I was constantly in stress or that I was constantly stressed because I was used to the feeling. I was used to feeling stressed. So, of course, I had no idea when I was there when it was my constant. And when I finally started getting to the place of releasing that stress and stepping into that parasympathetic system, I was like, is this what people feel like all the time? Is this how at peace other people feel every day? Like, it was a huge game changer for me because immediately a lot of my symptoms started get improving. And I was just like, holy shit, my entire life I've, I've, been in that stress state. I never knew what it felt like to feel peace and to feel good in my body. So I'm so thankful that that fight or flight component clicked for me. The stress, cortisol, hormones, inflammation, acne, pain, anxiety, it was all interconnected and it all came down to staying in that sympathetic system, my inability to relax. And I'd been operating in this state for decades. So I'm still continuing this effort to intentionally reduce my stress levels because it does not happen overnight, right? I mean, I just told you that I have been in the state for decades. It's going to take a while to retrain my brain to form new neural pathways to, to understand how to deal with stress in a healthier way. So I'm going to give you some more tips here in a second to help you deal with or to help you re-engage that parasympathetic system. But I do want to let you know that it is going to take a commitment from you to engaging in these things because I'm still working to address this response to stress and I've known about it for a while now. And it's because it developed over decades of desensitization to chaos in my environment. And it's going to take time to reteach my body that it's safe and that it can relax and it doesn't need to be constantly on alert. So why do I share this with you today? Even though I've learned how powerful the mind is, especially on your body, I'd seem to have lost that sense of connection, or I just wasn't making that connection, that mind-body connection. So I wanted to bring this to you today in case that is a part of your healing journey that you haven't quite stumbled upon yet. I want to save you years of going through what I was doing 
and just try to give it to you straight. Because if you can save yourself thousands and thousands of dollars in years of seeing all of these professionals in order to try to figure out your symptoms, hopefully this is for you. And this can help you heal your body so that that's one less thing you have to stress about when you're trying to manifest that best life. Your body is a part of the manifestation equation. And stress, when internalized from those exterior circumstances, will impact your body as much as your mind. And if I was experiencing that much physical pain and just discomfort from all those symptoms combined, what was that doing to my vibe, my identity? I don't want to manifest more stress for myself, and yet I was operating as a constantly stressed person, wondering why more things were popping up for me to be stressed by. It's like I want to go back in time and put a giant dust stamp on my forehead. And lately, I have run into so many women with similar stories who shared similar journeys to mine. And it's like, why weren't we taught this in school? Why weren't we taught more directly about, hey, if you're noticing this later in life with your body, you should probably stop and look at this nervous system component. And I feel like women have a tendency to push through the pain to get shit done. We're extremely efficient. And we set aside our stress and often our own needs in pursuit of success or in pursuit of the team goals, whether that's family, your coworkers, etc., Many women have shared their fight-or-flight stories with me, and they have suffered from things like, as a result of their fight-or-flight response, PCOS, weight problems, psoriasis, autoimmune disorders, eczema, gluten insensitivity, acne, shoulder pain, the list goes on. And most of them also experienced stress as the main cause, and usually because of that digestion and hormonal connection. And their symptoms got better when they started working to engage that parasympathetic system and handle their stress better, to step out of the chaos and the constant cortisol levels. So I had to ask myself a few weeks ago, how many women are out there dealing with their own pain and their own symptoms that are part of their identity now, impacting their daily life and habits, feeling lost and not sure where to go from here? They have tried everything and they can't figure it fucking out. They want to be healthy. They're doing all the right things. They're just like, I don't get it. Why am I not healthy yet? I have been doing everything right. I feel you. I have been there. I have asked those questions of myself. And when you realize how much the sympathetic system impacts your body, you begin to understand why it's important to stay out of it when you can, to re-engage that parasympathetic system. And I touched on this in the last episode, but I'll mention it again. The symptoms of operating in sympathetic dominance are suppressed lubrication, so dry skin, dry mouth, dry scalp, receding gum lines, decaying teeth, libido issues, all of that's related to that lubrication component, high blood sugar, so increased insulin sensitivity, digestion issues, weight fluctuations. If you've ever noticed that you've lost weight after a relaxing vacation, it's usually because your stress levels came down. When you're on that sympathetic system, you're also more jumpy. You're caught off guard a lot and it scares you. So it's because you're in that fight or flight response. You're constantly looking out for, for a threat. It's like you get pounced on. And it's interesting that that is a shared symptom of PTSD. You also might sweat too much in the sympathetic system. You might have trouble sleeping. You may have memory issues, brain fog, chronic pain, hormonal issues, respiratory issues. Because all of that is interconnected with not being in the parasympathetic system. 
So my inflammation from stress was and still is impacting my ability to take manifestation to the next level because it keeps me from doing the things that I would do if I weren't in this pain and experiencing these issues. And they are getting better. Don't get me wrong. But it is a process, right? These aren't things that change overnight. And in the past, they've distracted me from the good. Because I'm doing all these positive things for myself, but then I would have a moment of non-gratitude or <laughs> the other word for that would be where I would just flicker to my back pain and just be like, God, why me? Like, why am I still dealing with this? I'm doing everything right. You know, it's like that negative little jest coming in my mind. So I still have some clearing to do before I can shake off inflammation as a part of my identity because I really got to work through healing this and, and getting back into that parasympathetic system more consistently. And it takes time. So not long ago, I had to have a really, I had to have a heart to heart with myself because I knew a lot of the things that would help me relax and help me get to that parasympathetic state. And I wasn't doing them. And the reason I wasn't doing them is because I didn't see them as productive. Again, we have a tendency to just go, 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 do all these things that we think are going to take us to that next level of success. And if something doesn't seem like it's productive in, in the way that we are used to seeing productivity, which is the doing, then it was hard. It's hard for many of us and, and myself, especially I was definitely experiencing this. It's hard for us to do those things. So I, in my heart, I had to ask myself, how can I get to that next level of success when my body isn't handling the status quo? When my body didn't feel good? What was my identity if I were someone who pushed through the pain as a means to success if it meant tearing apart my body in the meantime? How can I manifest more peace and freedom when I feel trapped in my body from pain? What does that say about my identity? And how can I manifest health and happiness when I was experiencing frustration within the body? So these were all things I was thinking about. And then I knew some of the tools to help me get into the parasympathetic system, and I still wasn't doing them. Because again, the tips that I'm going to mention later, some of them include, you know, yoga, meditation, things like that. Historically, I never considered those productive. But isn't it productive to feel good? And here's the other thing about the parasympathetic system, which is fascinating. When you actually step into that and you lower your stress response, cognitively, you are more productive because you don't have that additional stressor. So you don't have the brain fog, the memory loss, the things that are associated with being in constant stress. So you're actually more productive in the long run when you make space to help yourself get into that parasympathetic system. So it's one of those things that you just, it doesn't seem like the most intuitive answer, but it is. So I'm really thankful to my pain because, it, or to my body rather, because it's just let me know that my status quo had to stop. I had to start engaging in some of these healthier habits. And my body was giving me signs that I just hadn't been operating from a healthy place. And I knew that I had to make those lifestyle changes to resolve this, that it was the only way. I knew what to do. I wasn't doing it. I knew I needed to do it because my body, my environment, my mind, they all need to be in balance to manifest the massive success we're headed for. So think about it. Are you separating your physical body and any symptoms you're experiencing from the ability to manifest? Because it's all one working unit. 
You have to take care of both. You can't be doing all the personal and professional development and all the mindset stuff and then ignore the physical pains or the physical symptoms that you're having and pretend like it doesn't connect. We're learning now in science that your mind and body are far more connected than we ever thought. So we have to honor that. We have to honor that as a part of the manifestation pie of manifestation. I don't know. It's a little pie and there's a little sliver for your symptoms and it's part of everything. The little stressors matter. So the answer you've probably been waiting for, how can you activate the parasympathetic system? The first tip I have for you, I think there's nine in total, engage in idle tasks. Prompt the body to relax through mindless rituals or or idle tasks. Find something that you can lose yourself in that won't engage stress over the finished outcome. So don't start something if you are so engaged and worried about what the final product is going to look like. This has to be something that you can just do that gets you out of your head and just into something physical. So for some people, this could be art, dancing, cleaning even is a really popular one, cooking, gardening, things as simple as peeling potatoes or tilling dirt. Those are great because they get you out of your head and into your body. Decompressing. Think about how much time we had for idle tasks even 50 years ago. Hell, 20 years ago before technology was really running wild. We had so much more time to do the mundane tasks. And now we're so focused on hyperproductivity that idle tasks are often outsourced. So we're not even doing the the things like the peeling of the tomatoes and the uh, tomatoes, potatoes, <laughs> you know, washing the dishes or really anything that just gets you doing something that is very rhythmic, ritualistic, very idle. And these things can be so healing. And the key is to not multitask while you're doing these things, by the way, and you know who you are. <laughs> Don't try to learn a language while gardening or listen to a podcast while doing the dishes or do anything that gets you back into your head. It's not about the the multitasking. This is about a redundancy that helps you get into relaxation, not productivity. The more you let yourself relax, the more productive you will become. Trust me. So give yourself that five minutes, that 10 minutes, that 20 minutes, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Actually, hell, I don't care if you're comfortable with it or not. Give yourself some time to sit into that and to feel into it. And yes, at first, you're going to be battling with your inner ego. It's like, oh, we should be more productive in this time. Ignore it. They've been running the ship for long enough. You know what that's doing to your body. Now you have an opportunity to try things differently. It's like that saying goes for like crazy people are the ones that keep repeating the same thing and trying expecting a different outcome or something. It's the same idea. If you've had these symptoms for so long and you have been that multitasker, see what it's like to not be that multitasker. The second tip I have is mild exercise, not the HIIT-based workouts that will stimulate cortisol, but the more mild workouts like a long run, walk, yoga, bike ride, etc. Anything that gets your body moving in a slower rhythm. It's burning off some of that cortisol that's already in you, but not so much so that your body's producing more. It's rhythmic. It's slow. It doesn't stress your body out. And it does really great things for your hormones. Third tip, belly breathing. Most people have a tendency to breathe and raise the chest instead of expanding the belly when we breathe. And a lot of people actually learn this over time because of, you know, movies and vanity issues. They think that they look fatter if they're belly breathing. But chest breathing is harmful from a stress perspective because 
chest breathing is usually more shallow, and it usually can help us activate the sympathetic system, which we don't want. Where slow belly breaths, you know, deep inhales, deep exhales, that's why people do them, especially before public speaking. You'll always hear people in the back or they might, if they're ever talking about tips they have before public speaking, they'll be like, I take deep breaths in, out. That helps you engage that parasympathetic system because slow, rhythmic breathing tells your body it's safe, it's relaxing, it's okay to be, we don't have anywhere to go because there is no perceived threat near. The fourth tip, slow down. Slow down in every aspect of your life. Slow your voice. So how quickly are you talking? I can always tell I'm stressed by how fast I speak. So if you ever listen to public speakers that are up on stage and you just feel like you can't listen to a word because they're just like, that is a stress response. So slow down the way you speak. Slow down your breath. Slow down your routine. Are you doing too much too quickly throughout your day? Are you cramming in too much? Is your morning routine a giant chaotic mess to get out the door, jumping from task to task? Slow down your walking speed. And I'm looking at my fellow efficiency babes. I used to be a, it was almost like a competitive speed walker (laughs) while running errands. Slow down. Slow down while you eat. Try to actually taste every bite. Notice the texture of your food. See if you can give it some some adjectives as you're eating it. Eating should be pleasurable, and it's only pleasurable and satisfying when it sits in your mouth because that's where your taste buds are, not when it gets to your stomach. So slow down eating and enjoy the tastes. This can feel very cringeworthy at first. I'll admit it. (laughs) It's been very hard for me. But your body will appreciate the rest signal that this slowness brings. It tells you that you don't need to rush because there is no threat chasing you. The fifth tip I have, meditate. And I know, I know, you've heard it before, you're still not doing it, you've heard it a thousand times, you know conceptually that it's so good for you and you're still not doing it. But meditation is a body-focused activity and it's an amazing signal for your body that says we are safe. We are safe to sit, to be, to rest, to slow down, to check in with our physical body. So when you meditate, you are accomplishing that slower breathing, the idle task, the body awareness, the slowness. So of course, it's going to help you engage the parasympathetic system. So you want to talk about productivity? That was like four tips right there that help you get into your parasympathetic system. So imagine meditation as a parasympathetic system supplement. Because it does so many things to help you get there. And when you do it consistently, you teach your body how to access that parasympathetic system easier when you do face a stressor. So in a little bit, we're going to talk about reactions. Meditating helps you mitigate your reactions. It forms new neural connections that reteach your body what a healthier stress response looks like and what it can be doing instead. Instead of embracing that negative side, it tells your body, this is what we should do in place of that. The sixth tip I have for you, feel into your body. Get a massage, a pedicure, manicure, take a hot bath, cuddle with your partner or a dog. 
get a weighted blanket, try a, a gua sha facial massage for yourself, walk around barefoot at, outside, sleep, get into your body. And a fantastic way to do that is by physical touch and then also just things that are stimulating your body in some way. And I'm throwing sleep in there because it's just a phenomenal way to 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 really help yourself relax and, and it plays into that hormonal component too. So feeling into your body tells your brain that you don't have to find a way out. It is okay to notice your body, to relax, to feel the physical touch. And if you've ever noticed that you drool while you're sleeping or getting a massage, it's because by getting into that parasympathetic state, your body is able to start lubricating again. Remember earlier we said that in the sympathetic state, lubrication's an issue. It, it goes on pause because it's like we have bigger shit to worry about right now. Lubrication's not it. So if you get in that really relaxed state, you'll notice that you are drooling more, which is kind of funny. If you ever wake up or like have a massage and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> it's making up for lost time. The seventh tip, stimulate the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is responsible for heart rate, digestion, respiratory system, etc. It is very in tune with the parasympathetic systems because they there's a lot of overlap. So it makes sense that stimulating the, this vagus nerve helps you relax. So you can do this in a couple different ways. You can do it with humming. You can do use the yogi sounds that are really popular, like um or vu. You can sing. You can gargle. You can massage your neck. All of those are great ways to stimulate. And, and if you are really into spirituality, you know, you're, anything that relates to your throat chakra, great tools to use. Again, that's going to get everything going. And actually, there's a, a whole spiritual person, and I have no experience with this. So I have no idea if that actually works, but they believe that engaging the vagus nerve also helps with fertility issues. So if that is also something you're experiencing, check it out. You never know. It's one of those things where it can't hurt. The eighth tip I have for you is reduce screen time. So TV, especially thriller or action movies, that stimulates your sympathetic system. Even though you're not the one running from dinosaurs on the screen, your body doesn't realize that. They use the music and things like that to get your senses going and get you into that stress response. The same thing happens with your phone, iPad, laptop, Kindle, etc. The blue light that emanates from electronics tells your body to hold off on melatonin production. And this can impact your ability to sleep at night as well and having a consistent sleep schedule, which absolutely goes back to how stressed you are how you are reacting to things, and what your hormone levels are doing. And the biggest tip and the last tip that I have is react less. I'm going to spend some time talking about this a little bit more because this is the hardest step to do and the most important. Find ways to reduce your stress response by reducing your initial reaction to external and perceived stressors. We all perceive stressors differently. What might stress you out may not stress me out. So things that stress me out are text messages that I don't immediately know the answer to, a full email inbox, a roach, a dirty house. And these may not be stressors for you. You know, you might have a snake or a clown or a bill that stress you out. However, your brain can be trained to react less to these stressors because at one time, you decided, you learned to be afraid of those things, and you can unlearn this too. 
So using that text message example, if I don't immediately know the answer, like let's say they're asking me if I can do something Thursday and I have a couple of things that are in the air for Thursday, I get stressed out about opening that email because I don't yet have an answer. And then I stress about it and I think about it all day long. And I know that doesn't stress everyone out, but that stresses me out. And it helps when I put boundaries in place, like letting people know on the front end, hey, I don't always respond quickly to text messages. It just is what it is. And it's okay to have a a response like that ready to go to send to people to help mitigate that stress response, which in turn teaches my brain that like, hey, this isn't that big of a deal. So figure out, spend some time figuring out what your daily stressors are. Manifesting greatness requires your whole self, your identity, your lifestyle, your thoughts, and your physical habits. It's how we live our lives. And how you live your life can be viewed through the lens of how you react to the world. So when I made this connection, Eckhart's message from earlier came flooding back to me. I wasn't living from a place of oneness, from non-reactivity. I was constantly on guard, ready to perceive a threat and pounce. And it's not that I had any more stressors than the average career-driven woman. It's that I was internalizing it all. From the bad traffic to the 14-hour workday to getting cut off on the highway to running late to a lunch because of the garbage truck to rushing myself out the door in the mornings to trying to answer all of the hundred emails I get a day, I was in a constant state of stress because I was in a constant state of reactivity. I was reacting to absolutely everything in my environment, trying to control it all. And I was reacting negatively, absorbing and filtering the chaos around me and allowing it to affect me. So how we, how we react to these little things like traffic, rude emails, our, our spouse's dirty dishes in the sink, our dog jumping up on us, the grocery store line moving too slowly, the friend that's an hour late, the mother that doesn't stop criticizing, how we react and internalize these stressors is what you are manifesting more of. You can't be all positive and love and light and shit internally, but react negatively externally. How we react to these little things throughout our day is how we're living our life, our identity. And your identity isn't just the significant moments. It's also the small stuff. In fact, I'd say it's more of the small stuff. So working on this starts with finding peace and patience, removing your inconvenience from the equation. The old lady moving too slow in front of you? Find a way to make that endearing or helpful for yourself. Come from a place of love as often as you can. Let the little shit go. And I won't lie, it is hard. It is. I struggle with this impatience. It is my Achilles heel. And I haven't totally figured it out yet. So if you have advice, let me know on Instagram. I'm still working through this daily. And I I used to catch myself getting annoyed all the time because I am so go, 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 that the interruption by slowness or inefficiency throughout the day used to be really jarring for me. Like I'm hitting every red light. Really? This lady needs to walk at a glacial pace right in front of me with her big ass cart this guy's going to stop right where I need to be and linger for five minutes. These are all the things that used to drive me nuts, that caused me to react, that fed my stress levels and kept me in sympathetic dominance. And now that I'm aware, I try to laugh more, find that patience, embrace that peace, say thanks to the universe for the reminder. Yes, I need to slow down. Yes, I need to make time to be Yes, I need to practice patience. Yes, I need to fucking chill out today. So this week, take note of how you're showing up in the world. 
Where can you be more patient, more peaceful, more loving, less reactive? That's the goal. Becoming less reactive. So which tips can you implement to activate the parasympathetic system for yourself? The little shit makes all the difference. It makes you, you. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today. If you want some extra help stepping into a more peaceful and positive lifestyle, I'd be happy to send you my seven tips for abundance guide. All you need to do is review the podcast, good or bad, no hard feelings. And once you're done, screenshot a picture of the review, email it to me. That way I can validate it and get it to you quicker. Have a fantastic rest of your week and I will catch you next Monday. Until then, go out there and manifest some miracles. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes. As always, we would love it if you would share this episode with friends and family who could use the inspiration. As a new podcast show, we would really appreciate your honest feedback so I know what you like and what you could use more of. As a thank you for leaving us a rating, we will send you our seven weekly tips to create space for abundance. Make sure you screenshot your review and email it to us at hello at the T-H-E modernmanifestation.com so we can send them straight to your inbox. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Modern Manifestation, or you can head to our website at themodernmanifestation.com. Thanks again for joining me, and I will catch y'all in the next episode.